Welcome to the Just Ingredients Podcast. I'm Cara Lynn, and here we talk all things nourishing to the mind, body, and soul. This is a place where you can find just good ingredients to life. This podcast is sponsored by Llama Naturals. I learned about Llama Naturals a few months ago, and I honestly wish someone had told me about them sooner. I always recommend that people get their vitamins from whole food sources, not synthetics. But I could never find a good option for my kids, until I found Llama Naturals. They have a full line of delicious gummies that are made with real fruit, no added sugar or sweeteners, plus vitamins from whole foods. They are USDA organic, vegan, gluten-free, and allergen-free. Plus, they are seriously delicious. You can save 20% off your first order by going to llamanaturals.com and using the coupon code JUST. J-U-S-T. My whole family loves them, but if you have a picky eater, they offer a money-back guarantee. Seriously, you should at least go to their site and compare their label against any other gummy brand out there. They are the best I've found. Again, it's llamanaturals.com. Welcome to the show, Eden. I am so excited to have you here. I'm excited to have you because you're like the first mom that I'm interviewing on my podcast. So, I mean, others are moms, but I've been asking them doctor things, you know, but I'm excited to talk mom real life things with you. So welcome. Oh my gosh. I'm so excited to be here and to talk to you. I've always admired you. You're like one of my first bubbles on my Instagram that I make sure I watch your stories. Seriously. I'm honored to be here. Oh, thank you. Well, I love following you on Instagram as well and following you with your little kids. You are a busy mama. I see you homeschooling and (laughs) doing all your healthy living stuff. So I am amazed with all that you do. So tell my listeners a little bit about yourself, your family, how you got into non-toxic living and why you think it's so important. Okay. So like you said, I'm a mom of four. I married my high school sweetheart about nine years, nine years ago on the 29th. Holy cow. It's been a long time. And I come from a crunchy, the typical granola family. My mom raised all of us kids on essential oils and holistic medicine. So just looking for natural solutions has always been in my blood because that's how I was raised. We never even had like ibuprofen in our cupboard. Like my mom just didn't didn't do that. It was always an oil or chakras or Reiki energy work. So that's just how I was raised. But I wouldn't say that we were totally non-toxic by any means. If anyone knows me that's listening to this knows that I have the biggest sweet tooth. So my food, like I would make a funfetti cake once a week just because I loved it (laughs) and we would eat the whole thing. That's just how I was. So I would say that my life transitioned to non-toxic truly about two, almost three years ago as I realized the importance of a non-toxic life. So it started because my husband and I watched a documentary about veganism and we thought it was intriguing and we thought it was super cool. And so we wanted to just try out that lifestyle and it only lasted for like three solid months. It's really hard to go full vegan. You have to be super prepared. It is hard. It's a hard, it's a hard lifestyle. It's really cool, but it was really hard. So for us lasted three months, but that experience really changed the way that I looked at my food and it made me want to be better and not just the medicine side of non-toxic, but 
all sides because I saw the way that I felt and the way that my family and my kids felt through our food. And so through that experience, we started to slowly transition to cleaner ingredients and to cleaner products. Oh, I love it. I love that it was a documentary that sort of spurred the, you know, the fire in you to get going on it. So, okay. I love that it was a documentary that spurred that fire in you to get going. And I know I have a lot of listeners who have that like desire to get going. So did you swap everything all out at once? Did you take one ingredient at a time? Like, how did you get going on this health journey? For us, it was definitely a slow process. I know that everyone has their different ways of doing it. And if all means, if you can afford one big switch, then I say go for it. But for us, it was expensive and I felt like it was overwhelming to just decide every single product, switch it out for something clean. So realistically for us, we just said, we just decided to switch things to non-toxic once a product ran out. That way it wasn't overwhelming. I didn't feel pressure to, you know, change everything in my my medicine cabinet underneath my sink. It was just when something ran out, I was able to research that one product, look at the ingredients of that specific product and decide what was a better solution for our home. So after changing our lifestyle, did you ask like what things we switched out first? Did you ask that? I That's a great question. I'm going to ask you that next. <laughs> okay. so I'm it. like, Tell did you me. ask that or am I just rambling? Just so go for it. What we, we decided to change first. So obviously I have essential oils and holistic medicine in our home just from the beginning. From that, it went to our food. We started to eat more plant-based, I'd say. Not not totally plant-based, but just eat more vegetables, put better nutrients into our bodies. But then from there, the first thing we wanted to switch was the things that were going directly onto our bodies. So we started with our face washes, our lotions, our body washes, our soaps. And then from there, we moved to things that were indirectly touching our bodies, like laundry detergent, dishwasher detergent, and stuff like that. So I definitely still things I need to work on for sure. (laughs) But, and actually, I am in the process. I'm almost done. For the last year, I decided I'm switching out all of my makeup to clean makeup. And I only have like I only have like two more things that I have to substitute. I'm like, my bronzer is going to run out in the next couple months and I get to get a new non-toxic one. So oh, that's I'm awesome. pretty excited about that. That's yeah. awesome. Well, I love your pattern of doing food first because that's, yeah. that can be very overwhelming. So I love totally. that you started there and then went to things that touch your body because our skin is the largest organ. So they really do. Right. Anything that we rub onto our body does play a huge role in our health. So I love that you did that and then went to things like laundry detergent, dish soap. Right. And makeup for me was my last thing to change also. Actually, it was makeup <laughs> it's and It's because it's expensive. <laughs> right. Well, and I liked my makeup. So I was like, I know. Oh. but you know, I found some really good brands that I have loved for years and totally. so it's doable. Yeah. I know everything on my face right now is non-toxic. I do have to say. I'm oh, pretty proud. I'm just not wearing bronzer. <laughs> good for you. That's awesome. Okay. So with four young kids, are there things that you have incorporated into your teen to teach them how to live a healthier lifestyle? And I want to know, did they fight you on things or not really because they were too young? So I never want my kids to think that by me not giving them sugar or candy, that that's a punishment. 
I never want them to think, you know, and my kids have made comments before, you know, like, well, Billy's mom lets us have fruit snacks or stuff like that, you know, and I never want them to think like I'm doing that as a punishment for them. So I'm trying to teach them from a young age that food and the things that we put into our bodies are fuel. So I always compare our bodies to cars and that if we don't put good gas in our cars, they won't run and our bodies are the same. If we don't put good food into our bodies, then they don't run well. And I don't know, I'm trying to teach them that everything they put in their bodies either propels them forward or holds them back. And I think that this gives you power to have control of your life. Like you get to decide the things that you put in your body. It's this cool choice that we all get to make. So I know that they're young, so I can't be like, you get to make all the decisions because duh, what are they going to choose to do? They're going to be like, fruit snacks, you know? Right. So it's like a balance of teaching them how their bodies are going to feel after they put this in their bodies with no shame. I never want to shame them, but being aware of it, you know? Because right. I, I don't want them to have a bad relationship with food. I want them to love food and be like, wow, this is amazing. This is going to make me feel good. This is going to help me run faster. This is going to make me want to jump out of bed in the morning. And food is amazing. I want them to love it. So I want to teach them that good food can be just as delicious as food that maybe isn't as good for you. So that's been important to me as a mom with young kids. They like snacks. They like treats. They like ice cream. They take after me. They want their large chocolate shake. So it's been important for me to find recipes, to make recipes that are good, that they're going to love, that they're like, oh, this is a treat. Oh, this this is ice cream. This is good. Instead of just going to sugar, to candy, to Smarties, you know? Right. I actually love it. I, I think the other day you posted a story about... Did you have friends from Germany or somewhere that came and they're like, why are Americans food is so sweet. Right. And I was like, yes. it is like we, we add so much sugar and sweetness to our foods that's unnecessary. And so I feel like I have the responsibility as a mom with young kids that I, I get to kind of train their palates. Like you don't need all this extra sugar to make it yummy, to make it good. Right. Yeah. So it's my sister-in-law who lives well, she was born and raised in Brazil. So when she came to America, oh, cool. she was like, oh, I just can't stand the food because it's so sweet. Like you guys have yes. sugar in everything, things that we don't have sugar in, you do. And so yeah. that was eye-opening to me a few years ago on my health journey to be like, oh yeah, where are all of these hidden sugars? So Right. I said Germany, Brazil. I was so close. You were close. <laughs> <laughs> Somewhere outside of the U.S. <laughs> Totally. <laughs> okay. So I love that you say to your kids, like this food fuels our body because I don't, the mentality out there of restricting and saying no can right. backlash and can cause like, yes. oh, then I'm going to run to my neighbor's house and hoard all the junk food there. So it is totally. teaching our kids what all the different foods do and that we can enjoy treats, but the treats aren't, or the junk, but we don't want to consistently have those on a daily basis because if we did that couldn't fuel our body. So I love right. that analogy. And to be aware of the way you feel after, like you asked if my kids kind of had backlash. They have retaliated before. Like we've been to birthday parties and they've just like gobbled up a bunch of cake, but then they like throw up. They're like, oh. And so I've had these conversations with them. Like, see, how did that food make you feel? Like maybe right. if you had like one piece, that would that would have been okay, you know, just because it's in moderation. But like, how did it make you feel? So like the next time my oldest son was like, I don't want any of that. 
it made me feel sick. So just being aware, being aware. like you put it in your body and then, and then how do you feel? And does it feel good or does it feel bad? And then you get to decide, is this worth it? And if they learn that at an early age, imagine how well off they are for the rest of their lives to know how certain foods make them feel. So I love totally. that. Okay, so question then for you, because I get this a lot. So when your kids go play at other people's homes, do you worry about what they're eating there or that's not a concern? Like I said, and like you said, I never want my kids to feel restricted. That's like, I don't want that word, a punishment or restricted. I, I don't like those words around food. I just, right. I want Same. food to always be a good thing. So as, as much as I don't want my kids putting certain things in their bodies, I want them to feel like they do have a choice. So outside of our home, I let my kids decide to an extent because they're still young, what they want to do. So I do believe in the 80, 20 rule, you know, like the 80% healthy and the 20% on the edge. So I try and control what I can control. I can make sure at my home where I'm totally in control that our environment and what my kids have access to is the 80% is the good. And then obviously I don't let my kids go crazy and go ham on all the sweets. But I think that, or I hope that I've taught them enough at the home that when they go out, they can, you know, be aware of how their bodies feel and make a good decision. I still have young kids, like my twins, they're only five and they still would probably go crazy with candy their kids but <laughs> this it's, it's a hard question because i i want to say no that this has red dye 40 in it <laughs> right. i don't want you to eat that right. but i try because i the restriction and i don't want them to fill that so i try and give them to an extent the choice right to have it if they want and just remind them of be aware of how your body feels and then if they have it i'll be like if they ask for more i'll be like do you think this will make your body feel better how's your body feeling right now could we maybe go make this X, Y, and Z treat instead and give them other options. Well, and they learn a lot from making their own choices as well. And that's how they figure out what they like and don't like and what is good for their body, things like that. And I always tell people like in my home, like you said, I know that I'm feeding them nourishing meals and nourishing snacks and things like that. And these kids, well, all our bodies have amazing, we have an amazing (laughs) liver that does a great job detoxing And so that liver will detox and our whole detox system will help detox. It's when it's a constant fruit snacks multiple times a day, every day, right? That our liver is overburdened and we need to do something about it. So, right. So it's it's controlling what's in your home. And unfortunately, I feel like outside of our home, the world kind of does revolve around sugar. It does. Every holiday, every event, it's sugar is like the centerpiece. So I want my kids to be able to participate in the activities and in the fun, obviously, but I'm hoping that I'm teaching them in my home to make decisions that make them feel better. And even outside, so like Halloween, right? What's Halloween about? It's about candy and that is it. So we in our home, because I don't want them to feel like, oh, I can't eat this candy, I can't have this. So we have incorporated a switch witch. So after, and I think probably a lot of people do this, so they'll have their huge pillowcase of candy that they bring home and then I give them the option to have the switch witch come and so they'll put their bags of candy on the front door and leave it overnight and when they wake up in the morning the switch witch will come and she'll switch out the candy for a price or a toy or a present oh fun so it's just something that'll make it fun they don't feel like oh I can't eat this candy my mom took it away from me it's a punishment but it's like a fun thing and that they got to choose and most of the time Maybe they'll have a piece of candy, one or two, and then they're like, 
I want to do the switch witch. I really want that Beyblade. I really want that that race car, you know, and, and they're excited about the present instead of the candy. Oh, that's so fun. I love that idea. That's a really fun idea. Okay, so now let's go talk about some nutritional things that you do in your home. I love that you share on Instagram your boards that you do, your lunch boards. They are always so cute and you're creative you're with so them. Sweet. I'm like, oh, wow, that had a hard-boiled egg split open with bananas or something. Like, it's just <laughs> so fun, your boards. So tell us about those boards, why they are helpful, how listeners can start doing that for their own families, things like that. Totally. So we love our kids' lunch boards. My kids love them. I started them because lunch was my least favorite meal of the day. I felt like it was like the awkward meal. I make my breakfast in the morning and then I planned my dinner. I have all my ingredients to make a good dinner at night. And then I just have that awkward meal in the middle of the day that I'm like, I don't want to take all this time preparing like a huge meal. It's just like an awkward time for me. Right. Lunch was always hard. I never knew what to make. So I started making these boards where I would find, I never plan ahead about what I'm going to make for my lunch. I just open my fridge, open my pantry and pull out as many good things as I can and just like slap them on the board. So whether that I have like a bunch of hard boiled eggs in my fridge that are already made, I'll be like, oh, this is great. Sometimes they'll have like nuts. I'll pull out some fruit. I'll pull out some vegetables and I just put them all on the board. So I feel like making these boards, it gives my kids an opportunity to try new foods, but without the pressure of it being on their own plate. So I've noticed when my kids have their own plate and I put something that's new and it looks weird, it's a weird color, it maybe has a weird smell, and they're like, ugh, I don't want to eat that. They're not very inclined to try it. But when I make that same thing and I put it on a board in the midst of bananas and grapes and hard-boiled eggs, asparagus, whatever, and it's in the midst of it, they're more inclined to try it because it's just next to everything and everyone's kind of grabbing and they're like, well, I want to try that. And even if they take a bite and put it down, I'm fine. It's like free reign on this board and I like that they will try things that they've never tried before when it's on the board. That's awesome. That's a great thing for picky eaters because totally they hate new foods right on their plate in front of them. So to have the right. option to choose or not choose it on this big right. board of options is a great idea. Right. Well, I wish I thought of that. I have a 17 year old <laughs> who was the pickiest eater growing up and he's now an really? awesome oh, eater, no. but I wish I had thought of that when I was a young mom. They're fun. They make lunchtime easy. And people always ask, like in my stories, they'll be like, where can I get a board like this? I just bought my board at Home Goods. It was 10 bucks, super cheap. And it makes <laughs> it makes lunchtime just a breeze, just so easy. Throw on all the extra fruit, produce, produce that I don't want to go bad. I'm like, ugh, these carrots, I, I want to hurry and use them. I just pull out everything I, I don't want to let go bad, slap it on that plate, and they love it. They go crazy over it. I'm going to have to incorporate that because my kids are at school for lunches. But Do it. this summer, for sure, I'm going to have to incorporate that. So. Well, and I always leave it out too. Like after they've like kind of picked it over, I'll just leave the board out and they'll kind of snack on it until dinner time. Yeah. yeah, it's cool. It gets them so many vegetables and fruits and good nutrients in their body through the day. I love that. I am a huge proponent of trying to teach incorporating more fruits and vegetables into our diet because I think they are so nourishing, so healing to the body. So do you have other tips or tricks or ways that you like to incorporate fruits and veggies into your kids' diets? Yeah. So like I said before, 
people ask if we're vegan or vegetarian. We are not. We, <laughs> I can't claim those things because I feel like that is a lot more effort than the lifestyle I live. But we eat as plant-based as possible and then meat sparingly. So if people ask like what our diet is, that's what I would say it is. So our meals are mainly vegetables. My brother once said something to me that I thought was super interesting is he's like, the American culture has it backwards. Our main dishes should be side dishes and our side dishes should be main dishes. I just thought that was so interesting. And I so, agree. Right? So we have totally taken, like adopted that into our lifestyle where something like a salad or the vegetable dish would be a side and I wouldn't make as much. Now I like triple that and that is our meal. And if we do want to do meat or something, it'll be like the little treat on our plate. It's like the little side dish that we have like a little bite of that. I don't know what my deal is. There's something wrong with me. I cannot cook meat. Even like a raw chicken makes me gag. And then even when I cook it, I'm looking at it like, I know what you looked like before. (laughs) And I can't eat it. It grosses me out. But if someone else cooks me chicken... I'm good with it. So that has kind of made my meals, I guess, more vegetarian based. But sometimes my husband will like want to barbecue something. I can cook fish though. Oh, that's seafood good. for some reason. Seafood, I can cook seafood. It's just like raw meat grosses me out. But yeah, so like I would, I find that our meals are mostly vegetables. And as and as for incorporating um, fruits and vegetables beyond our actual meals. I think that everyone probably does this, but smoothies and shakes, they're just so easy. You know, if you do have a picky eater, you can throw so many things in there and and hide it with good probiotic yogurt or an organic juice or bananas. You know, you can mask whatever you're trying to hide from your kids. We actually call this shake that we make, it's with like cacao powder and peanut butter and bananas. That's literally, and dates, that's literally it. We call it ice cream. Like my kids are like, can we have ice cream tonight? I'm like, yeah, because there is, I'm like, do you want me to make more? Do you want more? Eat more. Like there's nothing, you know, there's nothing that is bad in there. And I let my kids eat as much as I want because I know that that ice cream, even though it's a treat, it's like I said before, treats can still be treats. They're good. You know, they just have healthy ingredients. Right. You can have them with nourishing ingredients, like you just said. Totally. So Totally. Okay, so you have a lot of fruits and vegetables in your day with your kids. So I know I'm going to have listeners that are like, oh, okay, I can't do that. Like, you don't yes. understand. My kids are picky eaters. So yep. what have you found that has been helpful to those with picky eaters? Okay. Or do so you have picky I, eaters yourself, I should ask you? I feel like this is my number one asked question out of all of my Instagram. And on my Instagram, I don't just talk about nutrition. I talk about a lot of other things, But this is still my number one question that I get asked is how do you get your kids to eat so healthy? And people will say stuff like, no, yeah, like you said, you don't know my kids. They only will eat mac and cheese. They only will eat chicken nuggets. So I'm going to tell you guys my secret. I'm going to let everyone in on my secret. If my kids had the option, they would just choose to eat mac and cheese and chicken nuggets too. Because which kid wouldn't? Right. What kid in the whole entire world would choose to have Brussels sprouts over mac and cheese. There's not a kid in the world that would rather have that. So the only difference is, is that in my home, they don't have that option. I don't give them that option. So my kids, it's definitely taken them time to adjust to our lifestyle and to realize 
how mom is and what I'm going to do. But my kids know that what I make for dinner is dinner, even if they don't like it. And I'm trying to teach my kids to be kind, you know, don't throw a fit, don't throw it all over the floor. But if they don't like it, finally gotten to a place that if they don't like it, they'll say, this is a not make again. But they will eat it because they know this is dinner. And if I don't, I'm going to be hungry and I don't want to be hungry. Right. That's kind of what we've done. But it's just like, if you give your kids the option of chicken nuggets and mac and cheese, they're going to choose that 100%. And it might take time of transitioning to eating more vegetables, eating more healthy ingredients. It's going to take a transition because if they're used to eating chicken nuggets and mac and cheese, like their palates are used to that. They're craving that. They want that. So it's, it's going to be a transition to get them to where they're at. And with my kids, like I will say there were some nights that they were like, I'm not eating. And I'd be like, that's fine. Like I'll, I'll leave your meal here when you decide you're hungry. And if you want to come back and eat, that's totally fine. You let me know when. And they would go to bed and then they'd come out and be like, I'm hungry. And I'd be like, great. Well, your meal is right here and you're welcome to come eat it. I'll warm it up for you. And it could a few nights of that. And now they realize, and I do want my kids to feel heard and respected because I understand being a picky eater or not liking something. Like I don't want someone to force me to eat something I don't like. That's right. not fun. So I, I want to honor them and I want to respect them. So if there's something they really don't like, I'm not going to make it again. I'm, I'm going to say, okay, I'm going to make something different next time. Or if there was a night that they really didn't like something, the next night I'm going to make something that I know they love, that I know that they're really going to appreciate. Well, I was going to say, that being said, my, there are some foods that my kids are not into. Like cherry tomatoes is definitely one of them. They do not want to eat cherry tomatoes. They can't. Well, it's funny because they'll eat them if they grow them. Because in Hawaii, we when we lived in Hawaii, we had a tomato plant and they love to eat them off the vine. I don't know why, but when I buy them at the store and cut them open, they're like, look, these are so gross. I still put them on all of our meals that have cherry tomatoes and I give them the opportunity and just ask them to try one. And if they don't like it, they can pick the rest off. Even things that I know they don't love, I give them an opportunity to just try it. I'm like, well, what if you like it this time? They're like, well, I don't know. I'm like, well, you can spit it out, but if you try it, you might find you actually like it. And I let them know, I used to hate mushrooms. I used to hate them. My mom used to make me sit at the table for hours until I would eat it. I'm like, but guess what? Now I love mushrooms. It's like, whoa, you do? I'm like, yeah, your mouth changes. Your taste buds change. I was going to say, like, see, taste buds change. That's for sure. They change. So I just try and give them opportunities to try things. Try one. If you don't like it, you can pick the rest off. Well, and I love that you give them the choice again. So it's just the same as eating the sugar at the neighbor's house. It's giving them the choice and therefore right. they have the power to choose. Um, one thing that has really helped me with my picky eaters, like you were saying, you might make a meal that they don't love. Well, I always would have two or three sides along with dinner. So I'd be like, okay, well then eat the sides totally. to fill up. And usually totally. they loved one of the sides. And so that helped out. Right. So. And another right. thing, like if your main course they don't like, but the side dish, you know, so that they're getting something for sure. So that they're not just so hungry. Um, totally. But I love what you're saying, though, is that you're consistent. And I think consistency is a huge thing because your kids know every night you're going to have dinner and they need to eat at dinner time because there isn't mac and cheese available afterwards or whatever. If we're consistent right. as parents, then they learn and then for they're sure. like, OK, I've got, I've got to choose something at dinner to eat then. I think that's a huge key too is consistency. Moving on, actually sort of about the neighbors and things like that. 
Have you ever had to have difficult conversations with family members or friends in regards to helping you out, like following your desires of a non-toxic living for your kids? I feel like this is always such a hard subject for people. So my brothers, I have two brothers, and they are as non-toxic as you can possibly get. Like, I promise you, you have never met a more non-toxic person in your life. And and it was before I was on that non-toxic journey. So I saw firsthand how difficult they made our family get-togethers. I didn't love the way they came across with it. It was a more holier-than-thou attitude. It was like, that makes sense. Put this frank. They would like come in and tell my mom as she's making dinner for the family how all of the ingredients she uses are toxic and she's poisoning our family. And, you know, and it would just be like, dude, like mom's making us dinner. Like, don't say that. Don't come. Don't eat it. If you don't like what she's making, don't eat it. You have the choice. And then even their kids would, my sons would be like eating an Oreo or something. And they'd be like, that's poison. You're putting poison in your body. So I was totally turned off to that. And, you know, we always call them, I love my brothers and they're so great. And they laugh at me now because I'm like, oh, I agree with you. (laughs) I agree with you on everything. It was really hard when I was on the other side of it. And I transitioned my life to a more non-toxic life. I decided I never wanted to make people feel like their decision was worse than mine. And that my decision, you know, ranked higher and that I was better. I never want people to feel like that. I never want to come off as judgmental or harsh. So once again, I feel like that 80-20 comes into play. When we go places and I know that there's maybe not going to be clean options, I try and bring maybe some cleaner options, just have them on hand. And then I'll let my kids, you know, decide what they want to do. Like I'll bring some healthy snacks that they can maybe fill most of their belly with. And then they can decide if they want Nana's dinner that's going to have ingredients that I maybe don't agree with, but I want them to be able to choose how they live their life outside of our home to an extent. And I never want anyone else to feel bad about their decisions because I feel like it's such a personal thing. And truly some people don't think it matters, right? Some people don't. And, and that's okay. I don't have to agree with them, but I never want them to feel less because of their decision. And and that's something I want to teach my kids too. I don't want them going up to kids and being like, that's poison. That's right. bad for you. You know, I right. want to, I want to teach them because they've asked me before, well, why can blah, blah, blah have that treat? And I say, because they want it and that's fine. And if you want it, you can have it if, if you really want, but it's mommy's trying to help you and protect you and make you feel better. I just feel like it's like those underlying beliefs about what we put into our body that I'm really trying to get into my kids' heads. Well, and like you said, I don't ever want to shame people and I don't ever want to say to people like, or be not grateful for things because I would be grateful that my mom was having us all over for dinner and, you know, taking the time to make a meal, things like that. So I also figure everybody's on a different spot in their health journey and some haven't even began a health journey, but that doesn't mean in five years from now they're not going to be cooking with more nourishing foods or better choice products. So yeah, we do have to be really careful of how we express that to others because we never want to be negative or shaming or ungrateful, things like that. So I love that you're teaching your kids those qualities right. and traits. It's kind of like the no better, do better. I always try and lead by example as well. So if I go to someone's house, I'm not going to be like, I don't eat this and I don't eat this. You know, if someone's going to make me a meal, like of course, if you're allergic to something and really cannot have something, you can say that. But for me, that just prefers a non-toxic life, 
I'm not going to just, you know, hammer out a list of requirements if you're going to have me over to dinner. But then when they come to my home, then it's my chance to maybe have like an example of how I like to live and maybe or spark that curiosity of, oh, wow, like there's no sugar in this ice cream. Well, what's in it? You know, and I just always think of leading by your example and feel like like when my brothers did that, I did not want to live like them. Honestly, it wasn't like joyous. I'm like, I don't want to be like you. I don't even want to eat like you. Even though in the back of my mind, I knew that they were right. I'm like, ooh, I don't want any part of that. I just feel like if you do things with love and light, people are so much more drawn to that and want to follow that example. I agree. Okay, moving on to a next topic that you probably get asked a lot and I get asked a lot. Being a mom of young kids, how does your budget play a role in raising kids with these healthy, nourishing foods and non-toxic products. Do you have budgeting tips that you like to tell people? There's a saying that I heard that I know. I was like trying to look it up. I'm like, where did I hear this saying? I couldn't, I couldn't remember how it exactly goes. But it's something like you spend your younger years sacrificing your health to make money. But then when you're older, you use that money to get back your health. Oh, I haven't heard that. That's a good one. Isn't that so good and so true? Because when my husband and I were first married, we scrimped and we saved. We didn't have any money. We were so poor and we would just buy the knockoff brands, the cheapest salsa that we could get, you know, just all of the cheap things, just trying to save money. Now, looking back, I'm realizing how important it is to invest in your health now. When you're young, when you have the opportunity to fuel your body and make it healthy and fuel your legs that walk for you and your heart that beats for you and your lungs that breathe for you. We have that opportunity now. We don't want to scrimp and save so that when we're older, we're like, crap, I don't feel good. Now I can't walk and my heart hurts and you know I have all these issues because I didn't fuel my body with the right ingredients. So my husband and I feel like it's important to spend our money on our health now we've just decided like that is why he goes to work that is why i sit down and do some work like that is the reason we make money is to be able to spend our money on what goes inside of our bodies like that's our number one criteria of what we want to spend our money on and every time we go to costco we spend a ridiculous amount of money on food like i have three boys that I promise you eat as much as an 18 year old boy. I'm not even kidding. I don't understand. I'm like, stop eating. Just wait till they're teenagers. I'm just telling you You're five. (laughs) Yeah. I'm like, how, how are you eating more than dad? I don't get it. I don't. So we spend a ridiculous amount of money on food, but we are just like overwhelmed and filled with so much gratitude that the food that's going into their body is going to fuel them and make them feel good and help them in their life. And as, as far as a budget, like obviously some people don't have the ability to just buy whatever they want food-wise. For us, we sacrifice other things. Like maybe I'm not out buying as many clothes because it's more important to me to buy the right foods that have the right ingredients for my family. That's more important for me. And we, we say it all the time, like this is the reason we make money is to buy food. That is the number one reason we we make money well you've made it a priority and it has to become a priority for people to want to spend that money but i have to say though that a lot of people will say like eating healthy is so expensive but i can't afford it and i want to say no buying packaged processed food is expensive buying the fruits and vegetables is actually cheaper but people don't realize that 
Well, and then I love how you post the good, better, and best. So that if you are like on a tight budget, you don't always have to do the best, but to be aware of like, no, this option's really bad for you. And if you literally just buy the one next to it, it's a good option, a good. And this one's a little bit better. And what is it like maybe a dollar more? Right. And then and then like the quote I was saying at the beginning, when you get older, like is, are you sacrificing your health now and going to have to pay for it later? Right. So in the end, really, is it more expensive or not? That's true because medical bills are very expensive. Very expensive. <laughs> and I have to tell people, when I started my health journey 15 years ago when I was battling depression, we were the poorest we ever were. My husband was unemployed. We just had months and months, no money coming in. And we found ways to do it. I mean, I couldn't afford the totally. better choice um, laundry detergent, so we used baking soda, which was really cheap. I couldn't afford a gym membership, so we walked every day. You know, yep. I couldn't afford vitamin D supplements, so we were outside in the sun. You know, there I are lots that. of different things that you can do that are not more expensive. Right. My mom always says, you choose what you want to afford. I really do think it's true. So even though you're saying like you couldn't afford these things, but you really could and you did, you use baking soda and you use the sun, like you're going to find a way if it's important to you. That's so true. It's really about mindset. And I get it. There's some things that you obviously can't afford and still to this day, Organic cheese, for example, is really expensive by me. So I'm like, well. Yeah. And with all these boys, no way are we getting the best option on the cheese. Right. We're, so, we're trying to go with the good and better. Exactly. So we can buy the cheese from the farm that, you know, they don't use the growth hormones or they don't add color into the cheese. So there are other options if you can't afford the best. Because who, I don't know, who's out there that can really afford the best of everything? Right. For sure. So. Okay, so you share a lot on your Instagram about getting a good routine down for your kids. So for you, it's your kids' morning routines, homeschool routines, feeding the kids. For listeners with young kids who are struggling to develop a good routine, what advice would you give them? I would say that my number one piece of advice for routines is that you yourself have to have a routine before you can have a routine for your kids. And this one was huge for me. I wanted my kids to wake up and do their chores and do this, but then I found myself staying in bed until my kids woke me up. Why would my kids be inspired to get up and do their chores when I'm still in bed? <laughs> That's I, a good thought. <laughs> right? So I have found that I have to hold myself accountable for things that I need to do in order for my kids to follow their own routines. And just an example of this is like, sometimes at night, I'm so tired. I've just cooked a big dinner, my kids eat, the kitchen is a disaster, but I take my kids up, I bathe them, I put them to bed. I'm exhausted. I want to just go fall into bed. And I just know that my kitchen and my sink is full of dishes. And I, I know. So one of my, my kids, their first chore in the morning is to empty the dishwasher. It's just like a no brainer. They wake up, they clean out the dishwasher. We live on a, a when then basis. When you clean the dishwasher, then I make breakfast. So it's not like a punishment or a reward. It's just a when then. Like, oh yeah, when the dishwasher's cleaned out, then I can make breakfast. So they know that. They know when the dishwasher's cleaned out, I can make breakfast. But here's the deal. If I don't do the dishes at night, then instantly I have ruined my kids' routine in the morning because I didn't take responsibility and hold myself accountable for what I needed to do. So I realize that when, that when I start to get lazy on my own schedule, it reflects onto my children and they start to get lazy and it starts their day off. I don't do the dishes, then they don't do the dishwasher and then that's how we've started out our day of them not starting their routine. So I do believe in schedules, obviously, and I do believe in routines and I feel like 
they're so important because they make your day just run smoother. When you can kind of know what to expect, it makes your day so much easier. You hold yourself accountable, you be an example for your children, and they're able to kind of mirror that, those actions and do that as well. But I do want to add, as a mom of young kids, things don't always go <laughs> the way that you plan them. That's for sure. So I always say, have a routine and have a schedule that is breakable. It has to be able to break because I believe in being spontaneous and letting things flow naturally. And have a plan, but see where your kids are kind of going that day. Maybe they they want a little bit more of outside play. Maybe they're wanting to learn about sharks and totally disregard your entire plan for homeschool. I think kids are just kids and sometimes we expect them to be adults and act like adults. And we need to remember that they are kids. They're innocent and they're pure and unexpected things come up and it's important for us as adults to be flexible. And when we are flexible, when things do come up, it doesn't let that thing ruin our entire day. It just changes our day and it makes it different and you're able to have a new plan. I love that because you definitely need a schedule with homeschooling your kids. For sure. But at the same time, you've got to be flexible and let things come up as they do, like you said. Tell my followers what a typical morning looks like for you guys. Typical morning. One of the reasons I love homeschool is that my kids can sleep in. My kids sleep. They sleep till like nine. I don't know what the deal is, but they, they need <laughs> love their sleep. To sleep. That's good. So I love that I don't have to wake them up. They sleep until about nine. I try and get up earlier where I can kind of check off some boxes on my to-do list. I try and get a workout in. It doesn't always happen, but I try and get a little workout in before my kids wake up. When they do wake up, I love a big breakfast. I'm such a breakfast person. I love, I love making a big breakfast. So we'll just, it's a slow morning which I love so much. My husband works in the afternoons, so he doesn't go to work till around noon. So in the mornings, it's just lazy. We eat breakfast, we kind of hang out, they play basketball with my husband, football outside. Usually around 10, 10.30 is when I will start my school day. And I say usually because that's me trying to be flexible with my routine. If my husband's had to work extra hours, he really wants to get that morning time with them, and I feel like that's more important important than starting school on time. So sometimes he'll be like, I really want to hang out with the kids or go to the pool with the kids today. And so I just have to kind of X out that time period of school and and do it later. But for the most part, our school day will start at 1030 and I switch. So I'll do like math with my oldest while my twins have their free time. And then we'll switch. I'll do math with my twins while my oldest has his free time. Then we do language arts, switch again, language arts. And then noon-ish, to one is when we'll have our lunch where I do those amazing kids boards that my kids just love. They can go crazy on it, make a big mess. They love it so much. And then I put my daughter down around one or two. And that's when I'll do like an extracurricular activity with my kids, whether it's a craft, a science experiment, or we'll kind of dive into some history. And then after that, I guess this is past the morning. This is my whole day. This is your whole day routine. (laughs) And then past that, my kids have kind of gotten sick of me and they're done with me they're like you've been with me all morning and all day and they like leave me for like two hours they'll just go play in their room they'll play legos they'll go outside and play football together and i'll have about two hours to just do what i want i'll answer emails i'll draw i love to draw my ipad i'll do whatever i want and then they start to get hungry of course and then they want me again and they come back exactly dinner time (laughs) 
Okay. Thanks for sharing that. I was just curious. And I know some other moms were probably curious how you do it all. I want to talk about last Christmas, if that's okay. Your youngest daughter suffered from a seizure while napping. And on Instagram, you talk about being frustrated because you don't put toxins in your kids' bodies. You try to minimize them. And can you explain what happened and how you coped with those feelings of discouragement and helplessness, even though you felt like you were doing all the right things as a mom? Yeah, this has actually been really hard for me. I'll be honest, because like you said, it was very frustrating that I felt like I was doing everything right. And then something like this happened. So just to give the listeners an idea of what happened, just the quick story of it. On Christmas, my daughter wasn't feeling her best. She she wasn't like sick by any means. She had like some boogers and that was it. She didn't have a fever. She wasn't, she was just acting like maybe she didn't feel her best and that was it. So I put her down for a nap and she slept over the time that she usually would wake up. And me being a a mom, I've had to really (laughs) evaluate this and say that I did nothing wrong right here because what mom would go wake up their sick child? You know, but of course I felt the guilt that I should have gone in earlier. But I let her sleep past the time that she usually woke up and my husband was the one that was like, Eden, Rio's been sleeping for a really long time. I feel like I need to check on her. And he just ignored me because I was like, let her sleep, she's sick which I'm so grateful that he felt like he should check on her. So he went up and checked on her and she was having a seizure in her bed and we don't know how long and probably lasted for a few hours. And we rushed her to the emergency room and it was actually really scary because the seizure lasted so long. It didn't resolve itself. And we were really scared. The doctors were really scared that it caused some permanent brain damage because when she did wake up, she couldn't move the left side of her body at all. Her eyes were like completely glazed over. We just thought that like she was gone. The girl that we knew was not so there anymore. It was, it was the scariest thing I've ever been, in, been through in my life. Luckily, she started to like regain mobility and her MRI, MRI did show swelling on her brain. But as the days went on, she it, it got better. She really just got better. And then suddenly week later she was just totally fine and running and like acting like nothing ever happened but then here I am I'm like oh my gosh I feel like a broken person because I've never dealt with anxiety or depression or anything like that in my life and here I am feeling all of those feelings all at once because number one I work so hard to protect my children and that does start with putting good things into their body and if it's not good I don't want to put it in there and I know a lot of people who whose kids have had febrile seizures. And I have always said, like, it, it's because of something. It, it's because of something that was put into their body. Not putting the blame on the parents, you know. If right. you don't know, then you, you don't know what you're doing. But I've always thought there was an underlying cause. Kid, healthy kids don't just have seizures. And then here I am really having a reality check of, oh, wow, things can happen. Something that I never in a million years I would have thought that my kid would have a heart attack over a seizure. I just never thought that that could happen to my my child, and it did. And I feel like I still have to work on the frustration of knowing that I didn't do anything wrong and that sometimes things just happen. And the silver lining of it, honestly, because there is a silver lining on it, I feel like my appreciation for life is just bounds bigger. Like I appreciate 
my life every single day more than I ever have because I have this reality check of your life can end in one second. You can all of a sudden not be a mom in one second. Your kids can be taken from you in a matter of minutes. I never really stepped into those shoes because I never had to. And then when I was forced into that position, it really made me appreciate how beautiful the gift of life is. So ever since that scary experience, I have really put so much emphasis on loving every single second of my life, even when it's hard. Like I'm a mom of four young kids. They drive me nuts. I promise you. They're crazy. They break everything that they touch. Literally everything they touch, they break. I get it. It's frustrating sometimes, but because of this life or death experience, I have just really slowed down and asked my question, is it important? And the only thing that is important is my relationships and the love that is in my home and the love that we give others. And that is what I'm truly trying to focus on. I've always been a spiritual person, but when something like this happened, I really had to check in with myself on what do I believe. And I feel like that experience has grown my faith and it's had me rely on my faith. And that that is honestly the thing that has gotten me through is knowing that there's something more. That's just a belief that I have. It's helped me. There's something more and that everything that happens is for my benefit, even if it's not something I want to happen. And just clinging to that faith of knowing life's beautiful and this is what my creator has intended for my life and it's something that I need to learn through this. Wow. So when we go through hard trials like that, I know it definitely gives us a new perspective of life. And life is such a huge blessing for us, but yet some of us take that for granted. And life is miraculous and full of blessings, but full of hard times as well. And I can't imagine the emotions you felt as a mom because we do put all of that pressure on ourselves to protect our kids and raise them as best as we can and hope that we do everything to help them live a healthy life. And so I know my listeners are probably wondering like, is your daughter okay? What, you know, what (laughs) is she dealing with now? She's a hundred percent normal. Like within, it was weird because she couldn't walk and it kind of had the doctor stumped. Like they thought that there might be permanent brain damage because of the swelling on their brain and how long the seizure lasted. But within a week she was running, jumping. She's like literally the most coordinated child I've ever seen in my life. She's totally fine. And I just pray because it was a complex febrile seizure is what they classified it as. And I just pray that it never happens again. And there's nothing I can really do. I just, you know, going to continue to prepare for my, for a seizure. Like, why would I look into what would I do if my kid has a seizure? If I, you know, I've never had to deal with that. I've never even thought of that. So now I just, I feel a lot more prepared that if something like that happens and, and I promise sometimes I leave my house and I'll leave my kids with like a babysitter or my husband and I get this overwhelming, I mean, this is what anxiety is. It, it's crippling sometimes. Like it's panic in my heart and I just have to like stop and walk through. Kind of just make it factual and like take the emotion out of it. Factual. Okay, if she has a seizure, what will I do? Call 911 and while they're coming, I'll give her her seizure medicine and I'll lay her on her side and I'll, I'll talk to her while she goes through it. Like just totally take the emotion out. I'm like, okay, so if that happens, I'm prepared. It like relieves my anxiety of that stress, that panic. And I'm just like, okay, I'm more prepared for it where I, I wasn't prepared for it. And there was a ton of panic. Right. When that did happen. Right. But she's healthy. She's fine. Which I'm so glad to hear. That is such uh, a blessing for the trial that you guys went through. So that is really a true blessing. 
we're so grateful. Well, thank you so much for sharing tips with my listeners about picky eating and fruits and veggies and (laughs) non-toxic living and budgeting. We covered a bunch of different things. So thank you so much for being here and giving all those little tips. I end every podcast asking my guests what they think the best ingredient in life is. I love this question so much. So I would have to say presence is my first because I feel like when you're always looking ahead or looking back, you aren't truly able to vibrate at your highest frequency. But when you are in the present moment, it allows you to just appreciate your life exactly how it is. And it allows you to create beautiful connections with people because you're not thinking about what am I going to say next or what did they do or you're just right there in that moment and you can appreciate every sound and every touch and every emotion. And then the presence kind of leads into my next ingredient. Sorry, I have two. I have to have two. that's great. When you are present, you are just filled with so much gratitude. And gratitude for me is what makes my entire world go around. When you are filled with gratitude, you're able to live a glass half full kind of life and find the beauty even through your trials and you can live a fulfilled life. Oh, I love that so much. I've actually never really thought about the present being a best ingredient in life. Like I've thought about gratitude and joy and different things, but I'm going to go home and ponder that one because that actually (laughs) is really good. I like that a lot. Okay, so if my listeners want to get more of these amazing parenting tips from you and things like that, where can they find you? So you can find me over on my Instagram. It's at Loverlees. That's mainly where I am. That's where I'm focusing most of my attention is over on my Instagram. Well, and you're a fun follow. So my listeners that are listening, go follow her. She is fun (laughs) to just watch your daily life and how you parent your sweet little kids. So Thank you so much for being here on my show. I really appreciate you taking the time out of your busy mom schedule. Thank you so much for having me. Seriously, this has been so much fun to talk to you. Thank you so much for listening. Remember to subscribe to the Just Ingredients podcast to learn more about your health and good ingredients to life. Plus, get daily tips at just.ingredients on Instagram.